Acts 2 says this. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitudes came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in their own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native tongue, language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mockingly said, They are filled with new wine. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, it was the late 1970s, probably 77, 78, my son could correct me, and I went to a movie theater and I began to watch what would become an epic part of my life. The, the sound of the music hit and all of a sudden there were these scrolling words going across the screen leading up and away and I, I began to read very quickly. It was the beginning of Star Wars, A New Hope. And it was odd to me at that time, I didn't notice it, but later in life I saw that what we were starting at was in fact chapter 4. You see, we jumped into the middle of the story there. We jumped into this part of the story that we all looked at and said, yes, Luke, Luke's the most important thing in this story, but it was really just chapter 4. That there were three other chapters, regardless of how bad they might have come out on screen, that would come before, and we wouldn't get those till later. We got four, five, and six, and then there are later chapters that came that we got to pick up and in, regardless of how you feel about how that ended or not. But in some sense, it feels like here, on the day of Pentecost that we just read about, is we're kind of jumping into the middle of the story. And it's good for us, as the sermon title says, ready, set, go. It's good for us to remember that there's something going on before this day and there's something that's happening after this day. That we're not hearing the completeness of the story just in the day of Pentecost. That in fact we are having something that happened before and something that is to come. When we see the day of Pentecost, what we see happening is the ascension has happened. Jesus has gone up. The disciples are left waiting, wondering, and then Holy Spirit comes upon them and they begin to speak, utter in languages that they do not know. 
for the benefit of those who are gathered in Jerusalem on that day. And a mighty wind comes and it's as if fire is on top of their heads and they begin to proclaim forth the mighty works of God. And everybody that's there from every nation and every tribe is able to hear the mighty works of God in their own language. And then there are those who, of course, sit on the side and say they must be drunk. That's an amazing drunk to be able to speak in other tongues that you never knew before. And Peter boldly stands up. And and what we can assume is that everybody is hearing Peter speak in their own language. And he begins to preach to them. Now, we need to kind of jump back to the beginning of the story, that chapter 1 in Genesis, to understand maybe why this is taking place. In chapter 11 of the book of Genesis, we see this. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as the people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had bricks for stones and bitumen for mortar. And then they said, come, let us build for us a city and a tower, which is to the top of the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over all the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower with the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do, and nothing that they purpose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language, so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left their built city. Therefore the name was called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord dispersed them over the face of the earth. You see here, what we see happening is the people gathering together, realizing how mighty they could be because of the agency that they had received from God. That they were created in His image and they had the ability to communicate. And so they wanted to make a name for themselves. Now, we remember from the shorter catechism that the main purpose of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Last week, we talked about the fact that when we rest in God, we can move knowing that our main identity and purpose is to glorify Him and to live in enjoyment of who He is. That's how we were designed and made. And so any of our abilities and our desires to break against that is sin, and God sees that. And so in order to to keep them from sinning, He can confuses their language and they move off but here at Pentecost what do we see we see God bringing the new language now not a new revelation or a new utterance but they are able through Holy Spirit to be able to hear their own language the languages that have grown up and what God is doing is bringing all back together in the language of who he is He's saying, this is how I speak to you. I show you my mighty works and who you are. Not denying this other language that you have, but pouring over it so that you will know who I am. It's pretty amazing that undoing that is happening there, that bringing back to unity that God is doing there. And in it, I think we see a couple of things. The first thing that I think we see is that God loves our particularness. 
That God loves how He's made us and designed us to be. That God, in fact, created us in a way to be so diverse and so amazing that when we come together, we're a mosaic of His beauty. And so what God could have done there is say, I'm going to return to one language. What's going to happen now when Holy Spirit comes is I'm going to bring one language down and everybody's going to stop speaking all their other foreign languages, all their other languages that that they have grown up and created and have come about after I confused them in Babel. I'm just going to end all of those and make one language. But he doesn't do that. He says, this is who you are now. This is what you've become. And so I am going to... Use your language, the language I've given you, and allow you to hear who you are and hear about my mighty works. And so the first thing that we see is God loves our particularness. Testing one, two. Testing one, two. There you go. All right. Hey, that's exciting. (laughs) That's all right. We should have checked batteries earlier. Not a problem. So what we see happening here is God loving our particulars, but he doesn't leave us or want us just to be particular. He also wants us to be together. What we see is that everyone is hearing God's mighty works because he is drawing everyone to himself. What happens is Peter begins to preach a message to them, and all of them that are there, they hear that message, and they say, yes, how do we respond? How do we join in? How do we seek forgiveness? We'll get into that sermon here in just a second. So much to not leave us in our particularness, but bring us together in our particularness. So that in that, that thing that it seems like in Babylon, he was, he was concerned about, is now the thing that it shows forth His glory. His righteousness, His mightiness, and who He is. That I'll no longer allow division to take place, but I will bring you together in unity, even within your diverse particularness. How amazing that is for us. And then Peter preaches this sermon, which lets us know what the foundation of this love is. Listen to this sermon. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams and even your my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes in the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, the men arrested to you, attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs. The God did that God did through him in your midst, 
As you yourself know, this Jesus, delivered up according to the definitive and plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosening the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart will be glad and my tongue rejoice. My flesh also will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life, and you will make full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he is both dead and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on the throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ and that he was not abandoned to Hades nor did his flesh see corruption." This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into heaven, but he himself said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you've crucified. This is the promise that we receive on the day of Pentecost, that the Holy Spirit has come in power for all of those who are in Christ. How do we know that? Because when we hear these convicting words, we can respond as the house of Israel did, those who were present in Jerusalem that day, and say, brothers, what shall we do? And we hear Peter say this, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Amen and amen. Look, when we come to the day of Pentecost, what we see God doing is He has already said, He is ready. He is saying, this is coming. We see it in Joel, and we see it in the Psalms, and we see it coming in Christ. And He says, get set. Here is what it's based on. It's based on who Jesus is. That He is the way, the truth, and life. That He is salvation come. That He is the self-sacrificing God incarnate who comes with His steadfast love to bring us back into whole relationship with Himself, with ourselves, with all others in place. And that's the crucial part of this. That it's not just with Him. It's not just with who we are. But it's with all others. You see that he recognizes that in our particularness we can have pride. And he wants to break that down by bringing his message of self-sacrificing love to us. So that we will know that we are better with others. That we are complete in our wholeness when we are loving others and being loved by others. He pushes us to a place of recognition that he is building for himself a new man. 
a new humanity and saying, the old has passed away. I have separated you long enough. I am now bringing you back together to show in your diversity a unity that brings glory and honor to me. We see that because of the work that Christ does. Ephesians 2 reminds us that Christ on the cross put to death all hostility. Listen, today, it's really difficult as we've walked this last week in Australia in Reconciliation Week, and we can think through the pain and the suffering that has happened and does continue to happen. And when I look at my passport country, my birth country, and the pain and anguish that is happening there because people can't see others as created by God and having dignity as an image bearer of who He is. They elevate themselves in their own particularness and say, well, I I must be better. I must be right. But on the day of Pentecost, what we see happening is Holy Spirit comes to assure us that that is not the case. That in fact, God is for all people And if He is for all, then we cannot be against anyone. We have to step into a place of love, pursuing them, calling them where? To first repentance, seeing God's righteousness in Christ, but then calling them to the place of forgiveness, of resting in knowing that we can repent and forgive to one another because of what Christ has done. But we are also then sent out from this. So it is ready, set, go. But where are we going? Where are we heading? We turn to Revelation chapter 7, and it reminds us of where we are going. Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 starts, And after this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation and from every tribe and peoples and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels are standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving giving and honor and power and might be to God forever and ever. Amen. That we are moving towards something. This great time when our particularness will be unified completely. So if you're listening to this stream and you've happened to come upon it and you are not one who is a a follower of Christ, one who is a disciple trying to learn more about who he is so that you can have your life by the power of the Holy Spirit aligned to him. Let me say this is an invitation to you to a new humanity. This is an invitation to you to move away from the things that separate us to the things that divide us. And I know it might be hitting your ears weirdly because you might think of the church as a place of division. And yes, we've done a terrible job but listen we know where we're going and we want to be part of that and so we invite you to hear Christ say I have saved you I have called you by name I know who you are 
Let me show you all of who you are. And let me love you deeply. And so repent and come to him. But for those of us who are in Christ, those of us who have been walking this journey, this is an invitation for us as well. Oftentimes when we talk about this period of life that we live in, we talk about the now and not yet. We talk about the fact that we are righteous but not completely righteous. We talk about the fact that uh, we have been saved but there is glorification that is to come. We're reading this passage here. But what we recognize that happens at the day of Pentecost is that Joel is a prophet that says this has happened and Peter calls forth and says this has happened. And so I want to invite us to remember and begin to live this way. Even though it is a now and not yet perspective, We do not live as the not yet. We live as the now. What I mean by that is this. We're not waiting and hoping and praying for all this to be resolved at the end. Because we know it already, in fact, has been done in the heavenlies. And so we now live as if it has happened already because it has. So by being a person that lives in the now, not waiting for the not yet, that means that we are engaged in bringing about unity. We are engaged in about bringing justice. We are engaged in in bringing mercy. We are engaged in bringing love, the kind of love that is represented by the kingdom of God that we see here, Peter calling out on the day of Pentecost, that the Holy Spirit makes possible by pouring into us and making us new. So we work for justice and mercy and peace and love and graciousness and compassion. We work with reliance on the thing that empowers us. We work with reliance on the thing that equips us, which is Holy Spirit. This great gift that we celebrate on the day of Pentecost. Let me pray. Father, you are good, and all you do is good. Hear these words. If they are not your words, we ask that they burn up and they go away. But if they are your words, Father, we just ask that they take root in our hearts and that they bear good fruit and bring glory and honor to your name. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Would you stand and sing in response to this song?